So I have something really wonderful to share. And it's going to continue uh, what we've been talking. We've been talking about, anybody want to help me? Connecting, right? Yeah. And this is what we've been doing with our fast. And so I broke my fast this morning. Anybody break their fast or, or did you break it already? Were you already broken <laughs> before, before today? Uh, but, but yeah, I had a little bit of chicken salad left over from yesterday this morning. So, um, so I'm feeling a little bit more nourished than I have. But, but uh, this, so we've been three weeks. If, if, if you're a guest today and you don't know, uh, we've been in a, in a three-week uh, period of fasting. And um, we started this, we're calling, we, we've called it the Connection Fast. And God's put this really on my heart that, that it's for us to be ready for whatever's coming our way. You know, Jesus said, in the world you're going to have some trials, tribulations. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And then, and then he comes back later and says, uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? The church. And so there's an implication that, that our prevail, the gates of hell not prevailing is not just going to be us by ourselves in Christ, but us together. Right. And, and so we talked, when, first week we talked about here, the necessity of anything that you get involved with is being a part of a team. That, that you are empowered when you're connected to somebody else that's doing something that you can't do. You know, uh, you know, we got the Super Bowl coming up next week, and it is the Rams and the Bengals, okay? Yeah, so she's got her and Google, they can get anything done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so uh so, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can't just have a quarterback. Look what ha happened to Tom Brady last week, you know? He's pretty amazing, but he just, somebody didn't throw a block or something. I don't know what happened, but they lost, right? Because you can't, it's not just one person that can do it. You have to have the whole team. There's probably a water boy out there, too, you know? Somebody you know, <laughs> carrying the water, doing stuff. Because it takes all of us to do that. And so... I know, I know that for, for us, especially as a church body, that if you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna be connected to God, if you're gonna be connected with each other, you have to be on the same page with some stuff. And so what we did in this fast is, is <laughs> I, I did a devotional every, every morning. How many, how many have been following along with this? Yes. Now here's what I know. I know about this because we're gonna talk about it today is that if you can eat the right stuff steadily enough, you're going to be changed by what you're eating. Is that true? Yeah. You ever notice that? I put on a lot of weight based upon what I'm eating. And you know what? It's not the amount. It's kind of what you're eating, isn't it? You know, there's a, and I'll get to this a little bit later, but there, 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 there was a phrase, um, I haven't heard it lately, but you are what you eat. Have you heard that? That's why you can look like a donut if you eat enough of them, you know? <laughs> right? If you eat enough, if Hayden was here, you know, you can eat enough steak and I guess you'll be a manly man. I don't, I, you know. <laughs> but you, you are what you eat. And, 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 and it's, as long as you're consistent with it, it's inevitable. You will be affected by what your intake is. And I've really been encouraged in this. Actually, it's been going on for me some revelation with regard to this. And we spoke to it even with communion this morning. That we've been made a new creation in Christ. It's already been done. Right? Now all that's left 
is what are you eating? Because there's another part of us. We're not just that new creation. We're, we come with this shell that's been going through a, a world cre- uh, experience. You know? So we're, we're, our souls are affected by something else that needs transformation. Otherwise, we're conformed to the world. Whatever the world says, yeah, I'll, I'll just do that. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it, right? <laughs> so there's a, a necessity of getting on the same page. If we're going to get connected with God, we've got to find out what God says about some stuff. We have to start feasting on that. And so this is what we've been doing. And so I know, <laughs> I know it's affected me because I've, I've spent a lot of time doing this myself, you know, just putting this stuff together. But what, what we've had is, is, is something from the word of God that we look at every day. And then we put the word in our mouth. You know, Jesus said this because in the Old Testament, if you ate something that was, was unclean, it said you're unclean. And Jesus said, you know what? It's not what comes into your mouth as much as it is what comes out of your mouth. When he comes along and he gives us something, when we speak, it's like we're eating it actually. It's kind of weird, but it's like we're consuming what's coming out of our mouth. And so we have been given, man, this is amazing. We've been given the mind of Christ in the word of God. And what are we doing with it? And so this, this three weeks, we've been, we've been doing something with it. And so part of my challenge uh, from where I stand is I usually get to stand here in front of all y'all, as long as y'all are here, y'all, y'all, <laughs> once a week, you know? And how many eat once a week? How many eat three times a day? <laughs> How many eat every day anyway? <laughs> you drink though, right? You have to drink. You have to drink a lot. In fact, you can, you can kind of get by, but you're, the more you drink, the more healthy you are, right? Because it's a continual process that's needed. You can, that's why you got to keep drinking. You got to keep eating. You got to keep, if you want to live, or, or otherwise you're going to get some deficiencies and you're going to start having some problems, right? And so, this is true naturally, but if we want to grow the way God wants us to grow as a church body, and, and I'm telling you something, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like a father in a home. You know, you can try to be something to your family that's in their face while you have personal issues in your room by yourself. You're not going to hide these things from these kids. You know what I'm saying? Uh, actually, you know, even in a friendship, who you are is going to come out. You can't, you can't withhold that. And, and we as a body, what your, your personal growth is affecting somebody else. You cannot hide it. It's either helping somebody or hurting somebody. <laughs> and so... It, it, it kind of puts a lot. It kind of puts a lot of, of uh, responsibility on us. Not condemnation, but it, it's actually encouraging. There's a purpose for my life. When I grow in the Lord, it's helping somebody else, even before I say anything. Especially if I'm connected to a body. Amen. 
So when you get connected, it, it, and so I'm saying, God, how do we do this? How, how do we get connected? And so we have all these tools. You know, we, we have small groups. And it's important. Is we, we have to get together and see each other's faces. All this separation. And this is something that's going on in the world today is there, there's a phenomenon now of a void of personal contact. Have you heard about that? Have you heard about that? It's actually, there, there's actually like a, a psychological cases now where people are, are vacant in, in their need to actually be physically with people. Because there's all this, I'm sorry, Facebook does not bridge the gap. <laughs> you have to be connected, at least personally talking with someone. You know, I thought about this because there's a lot of people that can't, that can't make it to church. My parents can't anymore. They, they're just not mobile. It's not healthy for them to do that. But you know what? They, they're staying in personal contact with people all the time. And I'm grateful for that ability. I'm not leaning on some friend that I don't even know on Facebook, you know, or, you know, we, we have to be together because that's how we get our strength and that's how who we are growing personally affects somebody else. Amen? <laughs> so I'm grateful for these last three weeks. I know the word is working mightily in me. Amen? And I know he's working the same way in everybody that gets connected with whatever tools we have available. And this is no condemnation. There's opportunity, though. Um, you know, we have, have a church app. I encourage the men, get in, get on. We've, we've got these new groups going on. If you can do your best to get joined up with these groups, and women are on there, too, uh, we're, we're going to attempt to stay in, in communication more. The purpose of it is to do that. For us to keep in contact. And I encourage you, engage. Don't, don't just let an opportunity pass you by. This is partly what God's speaking to me. If I'm thinking about somebody, I need to give them a shout out. You know? You know, a lot of times, you know, you'll get something from somebody, especially if it's in a group thing, and you think, it doesn't matter whether I say anything or not. It matters. And I, and I believe that we can begin to take that on and say, you know what? Anytime I say something, it's making a difference. Amen? I was thinking about that this morning. You know what? Um, <clears throat> there's certain groups of people that elevate certain gifts above others and, and, and make it like uh, certain people are, are capable of. You know, I, I, there, there, was a, there was a minister from, from, um, from Korea. They have one of the biggest churches in the world. Uh, Young E. Cho. I don't know if anybody heard of him or not. But he, uh, I forget how many, 100,000 people or something. I mean, it's, it's crazy big. Um, and I'm sure they have different groups and whatnot like that. But, but I heard him talking about this. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about specific gifts. All the gifts God has put inside. If he's put his spirit in me, they're all there ready. And I just want to be ready with any of them. You know? So that I'm not going to try to exalt somebody in a certain. So the reason why I was thinking about this is, you know what? That's each of you here today. If you're born of the spirit. The Spirit of God is inside of us. And He's longing to minister through us. And what keeps Him from that? Our perception. Our perception. And whether or not we're abiding in a place where the perception can be changed. 
I'm not even into what I'm talking about yet. Is this all right? Are, are, you, are you hanging with me though? Because what I want to talk about today is, is uh, and we, we hit this last week, um, to connect to an almighty God, we're going to have to know him in his power. In fact, that's what draws us to him in the first place. That's what Jesus went around doing is, is healing everybody and doing amazing things. And he said, don't you believe me for all this power you've seen? And even when we come to God for the first time, we're impressed by his forgiveness. That's one of the biggest things you can ever be impressed by is the, the power of his forgiveness. That's amazing. And it's one of the big deceptions. Once you get in, you start saying, well, where is he now? And you can actually lose your faith because you've lost your belief in his power. So we saw that last week. But the second side of that was his love. And this is where I want to uh, delve into a little bit today. Because it's not enough to just get connected and, and this, is, this is the deception. Again, you know, I was talking about things in the church that can hurt you. What the enemy wants to do, and, and there's an enemy that's going around, and he's seeking whom he may devour, isn't he? Whom he may devour. How does he devour? What's his biggest scheme that he wants to devour with? Well, he's got all these things that we like in the world, all these, these addictions and things that we might want to do. But what's he wanting to do with any of those? It's the opposite of what Jesus did with his healing. What his healing did was to try to draw us together. What sin does is separates us. Right? So sin, it can come in, in the form of, of a, of a condemnation that causes you to feel like you have to separate because you're guilty of something. That's what, that's what sins of the flesh do. But he also wants to cause there to be strife. And that's where in the church, if, you get, if you're susceptible to offense. And that's why. How do we keep from that? How do we get beyond that? We talked about it on a Wednesday. You learn the, the power of mercy. You begin to magnify it. That's part of it. But part of it is what I want to talk to today is, is there needs to be not just a, an experience, <laughs> but there needs to be a continuance, an abiding. I don't want to just have a wonderful connection on a Sunday. And this is where, I, this is where I'm, God, how do we do this? How do we live connected? How do we hang on to what we have? It has to become who we are. Where do you live? Well, on Tuesday I live in South Austin. On Wednesday I'm in North Austin. No. You live in one place, don't you? Yeah. Right? You live in one place. And that's where, that's where your presence is. That's where you are. That's where you establish your own things. So the passion of Jesus, the whole purpose he came, the whole, whole reason he, God loved us so much, <laughs> was he wanted us to be connected. He wanted us to stay connected. He, want, he wanted to become our God, to walk with us, to move with us, to live with us, to have his being with us. He loved us. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to really love somebody and not want to be there with them. Yeah. You know? And that's what he wanted. That's why God created us. Why? So that we could all be separate somewhere? 
No, so that first of all, we could be with him, and then, then we, could be with, we could be family together. And together we could form an atmosphere that he could come and occupy. That's what he wants. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming. And when you, when you hear it coming out of him, it comes out in, in an amazing display of passion for exactly what we have to do on purpose. It's in our, it's in our plate. So kind of an interesting thing that happened to me on, on Friday. So when I'm doing these, these uh, readings, we had, we're, we're doing readings also through the New Testament. Everybody join with us? So we were on, supposed to be Matthew 15 on Friday. Anybody notice my mess up? Anybody happen? Please, somebody notice my mess up. I'm thinking, why isn't anybody saying that? <laughs> so I'm going along, and I'm thinking I'm reading Matthew 15. And you know which one I read? John 15. How many know anything about John? He, he, he's the one that when he looks anywhere, all he can see is love. Have you noticed that? Everything's about love. He said, he's talking about Jesus. And he doesn't just say, and Jesus did this. No, he has to put in there, and the one that Jesus loved. He doesn't say his name. It's implied. Obviously, he loves me. He thought, he thought Jesus just came for him. <laughs> I wonder if any of the others got that. But what he got was a revelation that comes out in John that I thought, you know what? That was the Holy Spirit messing me up, having me read John 15 instead of Matthew 15. I'm thinking... Emma, you didn't even get the right, what are you reading? And it took me a long time. I had to go back because all, all I'm seeing is 15. I still didn't see John. And it's like, wow, this is really the Holy Spirit wanting me to read this because in John 15, we find out that Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. And he goes on and on about it. So I'd like to go on and on, not too long, but, but we'll go on a, a little bit about this because it's so necessary. The, the translation I was reading, it said, if you remain in me. It's so important to not just connect with God, but to remain in him. And this requires a transformation that we're never going to be done being transformed into. I'm sorry, I don't care how holy you think you are this morning. You're far from where you need to be. Nothing personal. I like you anyway, right? But we have a long way to go. Yes. Amen? Yes. And the, the sooner we get to humble, the quicker, the quicker we're going to get on the road to where we need to go. Amen? So let's just look at this first one in John 17. And, and, and so we're in front, or we're, we're past John 15 right now, and, and this is where Jesus is actually making his prayer right before he goes to the cross, and he's praying to the Father. And it's interesting that, that, that John is the one that actually uh, tells this part of Jesus' prayer. It's really a passionate thing, and I'm just taking this one verse of it. Man, that whole prayer is wonderful, but in the 23rd verse here of John 17, it says, I in them and you in me. This is a, this is a connection, isn't it? 
This is his passion. This is, he says, this is why I'm doing this, Father. And he doesn't just go. He, he says, I'm going to pray to the Father for this passion. That they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So this is his prayer. And this, is the, this has been the, the, the uh, lead scripture Every time we've been talking about this, that this is the passion that Jesus has, that we would be one just as he is one. That's, that's a pretty amazing thing. That the world will know that they are loved just like Jesus is loved. Isn't that amazing? Man, I need some transformation. But it's a reality. And so how does that happen? And Jesus, and John's going to help us with this. And we're going to go in reverse. We're going to go back to the 14th, Okay. Actually, let me go back before that. Let's go clear back to the sixth uh, chapter. Because something happens in the sixth chapter that is, it, it, it really messes things up. And it goes to what we did today. We, had, we received communion today, didn't we? So I, I, it's, it's an interesting sequence of events that takes place here. Because So um, remember, first of all, Jesus finds out... Uh, well, let me let me just let me just go go to what happened right before uh, what he's going to say here in this passage. He went out and healed or, or, or fed thousands of people. An amazing demonstration of power. It's kind of like we were talking about last week. Man, he had him some followers. He had him some believers. <laughs> Throngs of people just wanted to be around Jesus. But the problem was, he didn't do that just so that they could believe in him. He did that so that they could believe in his purpose. And his purpose wasn't just to do amazing things. His, his purpose was unity. <laughs> and so, he said, I got you all in the palm of my hand. It's like, I do right now. I have you all. <laughs> but he said, I got them right where I need them. And now I'm going to. Hit him up the side of the head. He said, I'm even going to use what I just did as a great example, as a great illustration. He said, you know all that bread that I multiplied and made it possible to feed all those people? I'm the bread of life. Get the connection? He's trying to help them. And he said, unless you eat me, now he starts making them feel really weird. <laughs> starts making them feel weird. Because he's not just about impressing. He's about transformation. He's about saying, until you become a different person because of who I am. Until you become one with me. You're getting why I came. You're, you're missing why I came. <laughs> said, I did that amazing miracle so that maybe you could swallow this. Maybe it could be a pill that would go down with some sweetness, with some sugar. Just a spoonful of sugar. <laughs> Makes the bread of life go down. <laughs> um, and then he hits him with this. He, he said, man, this is what I'm about, and you're going to have to eat me. <laughs> John 6, 56 this is a long chapter, isn't it? It says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. 
Okay, so we're going to get to this abiding in the uh, 15th chapter. But he's given a definition of what that abiding is. He said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And man, Jesus is going off the rails, leaving the multitudes running. Why? Because he's talking about something that they don't understand. And he's not really making it very clear, but he's going to. He's going to give a clue here that's really going to be helpful. But this is how you abide. If you're going it, to, it, it's about, he's talking about daily nourishment. Something that you're going to have to consume consistently. If you're going to abide, it's going to be something that happens in your home all the time. If you're going to abide, it's happening in your room. It's going to happen wherever you are because you're abiding in it. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who does what? Doesn't just uh, have a, a weekly meal, feeds, feeds on me, will live because of me. Will live because of The implication is that you won't live without him. Unless you're actually feeding on him like this. And man, again, this is, this is messed up stuff for these people. You know, the, the law says you don't drink blood at all. You, don't, you have to bleed out an animal before you can eat it. You, ha, you have to get rid of the blood. And he's saying you have to drink my blood. He's really throwing them for a loop. But John has an understanding here, and, and we'll get to this. This is wonderful. This is the bread which came down from heaven. He said, understand, I'm not talking about real flesh and real blood. I'm talking about what you're consuming. What, what is your constant intake? He threw him with the flesh and blood thing. But he said, he, right away he says, this is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So, Go down just a little bit to the 63rd verse, and it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and their life. Man, I don't think I'd have followed the train either. He's saying, You know what? I am the bread, and my word is the bread. Do you see the connection? Now, if if you'll read the beginning of the chapter of John, what does it say? In the beginning was what? John got this revelation that who Jesus is, how you intake him, how he becomes your bread, how you get connected to him, to his heart, is by his words. Jesus said, my spirit our word. My spirit, our life. What did he say? He said, if you don't eat this bread, you're not going to have life. And then he comes back later and he says, my words, my words, that's what they are. You see the connection? All right. You, and, and you can say, duh, I've been knowing that forever. But I believe there's some revelation here for us. Okay, let's keep going. So the critical moment is to remain or not. And, and, and let's go down here to the 66th verse. And it says, from that time, what happened to all those disciples? They, they, they took a, a walk. They went back and walked with him no more. And this is what I want to challenge us with. 
is there's going to be reasons to disconnect. There's going to be reasons to walk away. People will fail us. Ministers will fail us. What are we connected to, though? What are we connected to? Because as long as you're connected to the word of life, your connection to his body will not be disrupted. Right? You know, just because I get a problem in my knee, I don't just cut my knee off. You know, I've had some issues. I've had some things in different joints and whatnot, you know. And I don't just give up on it. I say, how can we work on this? You know? <laughs> Why? Because it's connected to something bigger than just itself. You know? <laughs> when we get connected to the bread of life, as long as we stay connected, we cannot help but stay connected to his body. And as long as his words are bringing life to us, they are going to take us in a direction that our life can only go in him. It can't go any other direction. This is why I love John. I love his feminine side. Okay. Let me keep going here on the 68th verse. But Simon Peter answered him. Oh, oh, I didn't get to that one. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? So Jesus is ready for all of them to go away. He's been leading them all this time. And yet he says, I know that this is going to be a challenge for them too. Unless they have a real revelation of who I am. It's so important who Jesus is to us. If we just need him to do something for us so that we can go do what we want to do. He's got to be our life. So... From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have what? The words of life. I'll tell you what. Words are our life. It's not enough to just get in a wonderful place and just humana, humana, humana. No, words are where our faith comes. Faith comes by hearing words. <laughs> so all about our life has to do with words. That's why Jesus is the word of life. Everything about the scriptures have to, is about Jesus. So you can even go back into the Old Testament. Everything about that will direct you to Jesus. So you start taking anything about the word of God and you start making it a meditation. That's why, that's why David just went on and on. And what does it say about David? Is a man who, who, with the heart after God, right? How did he have that heart? Because he had a heart for his word. His words. In his words are life. Are you with me? Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What is keeping them from disconnecting? The knowledge that Jesus is the source of their life because he has the words of life. Here, here, here's, here's, the, here's the challenge for us is... For the world to start being our faith. 
for us to draw our, our hope, our foundation from something that's coming from the world. And, and until we get like Peter, I don't have anywhere else to go. And when you get desperate from one, for one source of life, you're not just going to dabble in it a little bit. You're going to be thinking about it through the whole day. Amen? You know, most of us have jobs where we're busy, we're busy, but I'll tell you what, you got a lot of thoughts going through your little business, busyness. I know some of you might be, you know, like you're a, uh, what do you call it, air traffic control person, you know, you got to really, but even then, we have things going through, our, we, we're meditating on different things, amen? And Jesus has come to give us the way to connect with him and our purpose in life, okay? Let's keep going. So the purpose of unity then is fruit. And now we're going to go to John 15. Because John 15, Emma, I know, I know. <laughs> and I'm just going to go through this and we'll, we'll pull some stuff out real quick. We're doing good, aren't we? Amen? We're getting connected. Are you, you feel some connection going on? It's kind of a thing, right? Yeah, all right. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Okay, he's, he's going to be talking about a vine. And, and, I, and I was thinking about it this way. Um, I don't know if anybody read anything that I wrote. But we have these peach trees in my backyard that my wife so wonderfully planted. Not only does she do doodads, she does trees, um, and, and they're peach trees. And um, the one that the dog can't get to got really big last week, and, uh, or last year, and, uh, and man, it looked ugly. <laughs> had a bunch of little peaches on it and stuff, but man, it was just way too ugly. And so I, I got me one of those pole, you know, uh, saws, and trimmers, and I started lopping those branches off that thing and uh oh she thought i took off too many it always looks like too many doesn't it like when when they first do it right because you're used to seeing all that other junk on there but it, it it actually enables it to to be more healthy but what i noticed about all those branches that i cut off they weren't living anymore <laughs> they 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 had some, they, they, they looked like they were alive for a while. I mean, even when they're lopped off, they still look okay for a while. But they dry up. And what do you got to do? You got to get rid of them, right? I was relating kind of to this with, with regard to what Jesus is saying. He said, you know what? As long as you're connected, and even if you're connected, there's going to be some trimming off once in a while yeah. so that you can be healthy. So that you can stay connected. And I believe that's what a fasting time is about. It's, it's, it's about saying, I, I, I want to stay connected. <laughs> so I'm going to need to get rid of some stuff that's keeping me from staying connected. So that I can stay getting the source of life that I need. So I'm not looking, so, and I, I'm not getting distracted. Um, yeah, she's got another sermon for, <laughs> but the tree behind, the tree where the dog can get to, he likes to dig all the roots and get down around, and he keeps it from getting its source of nourishment too, so it's not as big. It has a little bit, but not as much. Let's leave Tebow out of this, okay. You can, you can tell what fan I am, right? 
Yeah. We, we got Tebow when, when Tim Tebow was a rookie. And uh, my son Hunter named him. And I wish he had done better because it's kind of embarrassing when you're ho- hollering at the park, Tebow, Tebow. And, and Tim didn't do all that well. Anyway, okay. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. He said, it's, you've already been made right, but there's a need for you to now abide. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm hearing a lot of abiding, a lot of remaining that he's putting upon us. And I'm thinking, but I thought we're already connected. You know, a branch on a tree, and here's part of the problem with with his, his correlation here. Think about a branch on a tree is it's connected until you cut it off. And I'm thinking, so what is our part in this? And Jesus is saying, you know what? You are connected until you cut yourself off from the flow of the provision of of life. When we come to him in the first place, we come because we hear some truth of the word of God, don't we? God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. And he forgives us of all of our sin. That's all it takes, isn't it? But what made that possible? And what, what happens? We connect. We get grafted into the vine. Amen? And then what happens? Well, if we don't keep getting truth, it's almost like there's some, some choppers come along. And we get disconnected. The enemy wants to do this. He wants to get us. He wants to, he wants to separate us from truth. He wants to say, you know what? There's a lot of TV you need to be watching this week. You're way in there's, and sports. You need to be watching some sports. And uh, you can get around to that church stuff. You know what I mean? He, he, he makes it look like it's not important. Like it, it's subservient to whatever's important to, you, to us. You see that? And what happens is you, you are connected, but as soon as you shut off the source of supply, what's happening? You're, you're getting disconnected. That's why it becomes on. That's why he can say abide. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, so if I'm already connected, how do I connect more? Well, you abide. You have to abide. It, it, it's upon us to abide. We have to keep eating the right stuff. Who, who's it upon to eat the right food? God's really getting after me on this. <laughs> so. You know what, he, he, he made, and, and I'll just speak for myself. David says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise God because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. How, how many are fearfully and wonderfully made? Amen? Amen. <laughs> okay, now you gotta go with this too, right? What are you putting into this fearful and wonderful creation of God? What are we doing to it? You know, I didn't mean to go down this road, but... <laughs> But, but, but if we're connected with him, what are we putting into him? What are we, what, how are we treating this thing that is, is a gift from God? You know? How does, how's it reflecting him? How, what, what difference does it make what I do? Every, everything we do does. Everything we're thinking, everything we're choosing to do is either a disconnect 
or a connect? Is this too drastic? I think not. If he came to be our life, either we're abiding in him or we're not. (laughs) All right. Still love me? This is why I try to laugh once in a while. So, you know, put a little sugar in there so it'll go down, right? (laughs) So, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. What's What's inevitable? As long as you are connected, this is why I'm so encouraged by by this connection fast, is there will be fruit. If we are connected, you cannot help but bear fruit. And what does that fruit look like? Okay. If anyone does not abide in me, I'll get to that. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Huh. You know, I, I'm so thankful for grace and I'm so thankful that we can get born again and we can, we, we can get beat up. God loves us. He's ready for us at any point in our life. But we don't get the abundance that Jesus came to give us until we start abiding. And you can't abide in offense. You can't abide in discouragement. You can't abide under the shadow of the enemy (laughs) and expect to be under the protection of the greater one. (laughs) All right. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. How many have asked what you've desired and you've been discouraged as a result of it? And here's a clue that maybe there needs to be some abiding so that our asking isn't just whims and wants and wishes, but it's actual faith based upon where we've been living. Okay? By this, my Father is glorified. Oh, it's not just about me. No, it's about the one who is the vine dresser. It's the one who I'm connected to. Now my life isn't just for me. Part of being connected to the, to the vine is making it about the vine and not the branch. And now what the branch, what the vine wants to produce will be fruit through me without me trying to produce any fruit. How many have tried to produce some fruit because you got a sermon that you needed to? You need to love. You need to forgive. You need to do this stuff or else. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's nobody in particular. I was just saying. (laughs) But we can't do something that only the Spirit can do. All we have to do is abide. Our Our only responsibility is abiding. All the other stuff is fruit. Can you see how, how important this connection thing is? Yes. It's not optional. I'm sorry. Yeah. You say, well, that was a good sermon. Uh, what was it again? No. After, after we, no. It doesn't work that way. That's why Jesus was so frustrated. He said, you know what? Don't just be a hearer. If you're not a doer, you're not connected. Until you're doing something. You, you know, when you got... when you. <laughs> When you got all the, what are this stuff called, clickbait or something like that, you know, where they're trying to get you to click on something, until you click, they don't got you. Until you've done something, you're not connected. Right? right? right. <laughs> yeah. 
If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you want. By this my Father is glorified that you do what? Bear much fruit. This stuff that God, and that fruit is not just for, for, for God. It, it's what we're made to do is bear fruit. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide where? In my love. Okay, this is just John going on about love. No, this is the other side of God that makes his power real to us. Amen? If you do what? Keep my commandments, you will do what? Abide. In my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. He said, I'm not telling you to do anything I haven't done. I have given you the example of this. If I've been able to do anything, if I've fulfilled my purpose, it's because I've been abiding. This abiding thing is necessary. It's prerequisite to anything else. And there is no life without it. Connecting is essential. Jesus is all about that. He's given the passionate prayer to his father, saying, this is the joy that I set before me. I will endure the cross for abiding, to make it possible. Okay? If you keep my commandments, these things, uh, let me, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments, abide as his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain don't you like that, this remaining stuff in you? How many need some joy? Uh, and, you know, we can sing a song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yeah, down in my heart. Yeah, down in my heart. And, and it's good. It's good to sing a song, get happy, you know, and run around, roll on the floor or something. You know, but what, what, what's happening when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death? That's when you need the joy. And that's when your connection comes up and says, it doesn't matter whether there's a song or not, I have the joy in me because I know who I'm connected to. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in his presence, I have fullness of joy. And nothing can take that from me because I am abiding. You see the necessity? These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain. We need some remaining joy. And that your joy may be full. That's going to come back a little bit later in another of John's writings, okay? Uh, are, you, are you with me? Are we good? Okay, I'm going. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater, greater love has no one than this. And one lays down his life. That's going to be some of the fruit. I'm just going to go, uh, go right here to the end of this. These things I command you that you love one another. Verse 17. Okay, let's keep going. Um... So, so how do we do this then? It's his words, and his words reveal love to us. Is that right? Well, that's just kind of. Here's what I think is really amazing, how, how you can partake of one thing, and it'll affect you in another area of your body. How many take like ibuprofen or? Tylenol or something like that. It's amazing to me how you can take this little pill and it zips up and goes right to where you need it to do something, you know? All, all you did is put something in your mouth. Didn't look like anything. Didn't look like a brain. Didn't look like, you know, didn't look like a joint. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think it's amazing how you can start 
taken the word of God that declares something about you and it comes out in fruit of love. Because it's telling you the nature that you've been given in Christ. It might, you might be talking about here, oh, you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. What that does is it, it transforms an image of yourself into the image of Christ. And it enables fruit of love, fruit of joy. You'll start having fruit that looks different than what you put in. Because you're putting in an image of Christ that produces fruit. You don't even have to have something that's directly related to that. You can just be meditating on who you are in Christ. And it will begin to produce. What did Jesus say? My words are what? Spirit. And they are life. So what do we do? We have to be feeding on the words of life. And what do they do in Galatians? Here, what does this fruit look like? And y'all are familiar with this, but man, this is a really cool connection if we'll connect. How many want to connect with this right now, right? But the fruit of the Spirit, you know what I'm saying? What the fruit of the, of the flesh is, a bunch of nasty stuff, right? I don't even want to look at that right now. Let's just don't look at that right now. Let's look at what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? The fruit of the Spirit is what? Okay, does it say you have to try to love? It says it's fruit, doesn't it? Fruit, or fruit, love. <laughs> Man, I said that really powerfully, didn't I? Love, <laughs> joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Huh. But I need, I need some bills paid. I need healing. I need connect. Connect to my words of life. And what will happen is this is what the Father has designed in the connection for there to be a production of this fruit. Yes. And where there's this fruit, there's nourishment, nourishment for every other power thing that we need in our life. Amen? And if you're living and walking in the Spirit, you'll have the fruit of the Spirit, but you have to be connected. Amen? His words are life. If they're not our continual consumption, I, I love what, what Hunter was uh, encouraging us with today. What are we drinking of? We're drinking of words of life. It's bringing nourishment to us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It's important to not just be spiritually flaky and just trying to find stuff that's weird, you know? But actually find things from the Word of God that, that we ingest this and it becomes. And that, what, what that does is when you're founded in the words of life, it brings legitimacy to any demonstrations of His power and His Spirit. Now it's coming from a source that is pure. It's not... It's not colored by flesh. It's not colored by an earthly identity or a need for recognition. It's just the revelation of life in Christ. Amen? All right. And so, this is to be our life. Everybody, we've been given the tools. And I, this is what I, you know, God's helping me with this. Sometimes I take it personal. You know, if I don't feel like people are connecting with something, I'll just let you know. It kind of bothers me. <laughs> I tried to say that very, I'm laughing. 
You hear me laughing? Okay. <laughs> but this is why I'm here, is to help people connect. And, and so this is the heart of God, that we be, we click. <laughs> we hit the button. We start doing something with what God's given us. He's given us so many tools from the word of God. We are not with, we're, we're without excuse. We, we have, we, we, we're going to stand before God and we're going to give account for what we've done. Especially y'all because you're sitting here listening right now. <laughs> what are we doing with his word? What are we doing with our connections to the body? Amen? He says, if you don't remain, you will not produce fruit. These things cannot be produced if you're not connected. They're not self-production. They're not DIYs. Yeah, I did that right now. They're not DIYs. <laughs> They're only <laughs> DISs. Do in the spirit. <laughs> That's the only way they get done is through your connection. That's why it will be known if you are there. The world will know or they'll not. They'll either know God or not know God. They'll either be connected to God or not because of us. That's why God takes this so personal. He does take it personal. He's a selfish God. He says, I did all this for you, and you don't want to connect with it. See, he and I are kind of alike. See, I just realized that. <laughs> we take it personal. He wants us to connect. He said, I gave my son. Yeah. I, want, I, I want to be connected to you so bad. But it's all up to us. Yeah. Even after we become united with him. We still have to feed. We still have to stay connected. We have to walk in this. We have to live in it. First John. So guess who wrote this? Larry's brother. All right. And what's he talking about through the whole thing? So first John 2. He who says, I know him. And does not keep his commandments is what? A liar. How many like to be called a liar? And the truth is not in him. But whoever does what? Keeps his word. See, John has the revelation of this. That the word became flesh. How you abide in the word, uh, abide in him is abide in his word. And you don't know him unless you're abiding in his word. You can say, I just have my own little, don't you tell me, don't you judge me with my relationship. Me and the man upstairs, you almost know right away when they're calling him the man upstairs, you know. <laughs> they're not hanging out with him because he's not upstairs in my house. He's right there with me. Right. You know. So if you're claiming to know him and you don't and you're not abiding in him, he says, you're just flat out a liar. We, 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 we've got a label for you. We're going to emblazon it on your head. <laughs> but whoever keeps his word, truly what? 
the love of God is perfected. What's it saying there? It says, you get connected to who God says you are. You get connected to God's word on a regular basis. You know, it's amazing to me. I, I, I was doing all these confessions. What do we have? Like six of them, I think, every day. We're talking about different parts of our life that mean something to, to us. And we're declaring what God says over that. And we're actually declaring it, not, not making it happen, but recognizing that it's already in place. And there's an endless amount of these that you can find in the Word of God. And every time you do that, what you're, what you're doing is honoring God and His provision of it for you. And you're saying, that's a nice meal. I think I'll eat it. You know, it's really rude for me to come. Part of my reason with my weight is my wife is a good cook. And I hate to dishonor her by coming home and not eating two great big full plates. She knows I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I flat out dishonor her if I don't go back for seconds. That's how I feel about it anyway. <laughs> That's how I feel about it when I get done. Right? <laughs> but definitely... If I say, I just don't want to eat that. I'm hungry. Here's what really would bother her. If she fixed me a nice meal, and I go down and say, I, I'm going to go down and get Whataburger. Can you see the correlation? God says, I'm giving you life. And you say, no, nah, I'm not going to eat that right now. I like Netflix. I got something else I want to eat. You know, I don't think he cares if we eat some other things. But he's saying, what are you, what, what's your life? What are you getting your source of life from? Amen. Now, here's, here's the great thing about this. Let me just finish this. He who, who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. What I'm seeing that is that this becomes our life. You know, what's your walk? That's every step you take. Where are you? Wherever your feet are taking you, you know? Where are you going? Where do you choose to go? You know? Amen? Now, what, the wonderful thing about this is the reason why, and I didn't get to this as much, but the reason why it's all about love is because God cares how we interact. How you're treating that person. Did you know he made them? He cares about them. You, you might think that there's, there's nothing of, of worth there. That's why God's approach to things that are going on in, in our country today, that are a lot of divisions going on. If you see division as a result of somebody's plan, it's not from God. God brings people together. He says, everybody, no matter their gender, no matter their color, they're, they're my child. I, I've created them. They're, they're a potential residence of my spirit, <laughs> you know. So it changed, but we don't get to that. We don't get the real revelation. That's fruit of us abiding. That's why the connection to God has to be established first. But the result of it is outward this way. And you cannot love somebody else. Now, John says you can't. Say you love your brother, or say you love God without loving your brother. Right. So, 
I want to finish with just singing this song. Can we sing a song together? I know we've been here. This has been good though, hasn't it? How many have sat in a movie a whole lot longer? All right, all right. That's another thing that kind of makes me a little bit aggravated sometimes, but, but you know, movies are good, all right. But what I think is really cool in this song, because sometimes I think people have had problems with this, say that God, you know, that we can just live however we want, God still, you know what? God is going to pursue us however we live. We're never going to get his love until we receive it, until we start to do that ourselves. But what I want to look at when we're singing these lyrics, because this is the heart of God, for us to begin to bear the fruit of love, not just receive it. Can you see this? So this is what I like. This is God's attitude about us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that came from his love, right? But when there's fruit coming out of us, this is going to be our attitude that's a result of this. It's going to be the same one that God has towards us. And so I was thinking when we sing this, we can say, God, give me this same reckless love. Because this is how we get connected with his body. This is how we get to where if somebody offends us, we're not going to lose our faith in God and the church. No, we become somebody that you're not going to offend me to the point that I'm... I'm uh, in fact, what does love do? It, it, it can't be offended. It, it doesn't see anything. It doesn't recognize a wrong done. Amen? So let's, let's look at this real quick. Let's we'll go through these lyrics real quick. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. And I want to make it like this. Before they speak a word, I'm singing over them. That means... Think of your worst enemy. <laughs> Somebody on the, in the other party or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever helps you out relate to this. Uh, you have been so good to me. Now, that might, that might be kind of hard to relate to, but you can, you can see him this way. You can see him in Christ. Christ has been so good to you. If you can't say them being to you, find a way of turning this love thing into a fruit that's coming out of you. Can you see that? Because it's not enough for us to just receive God's love. When we drink it in, it's going to produce fruit. Amen. Let's just sing this. We won't go through it too much, but if, if, we, if we could stand up, let's just let's worship God for his love. Let's connect to him in this moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Never ending 
Hallelujah.